Section 24 of The Spring Song by Forrest Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 24 Griff Falls Asleep. What peace doth now rock him asleep? Vaughn. Owing to what the doctor had said, it was decided that Griff was not to go to school till an answer could have been received to Aunt Caroline's letter. Edward and Palmer would be returning next week. It was on a morning towards the end of September that he wandered away by himself, and his feet of their own accord seemed to take, as they very often did just now, the direction of the churchyard. The rebuilding of the church had not yet been begun, though the canon hoped to see it well in progress before the year was out. Griff's head was bent, and there was a certain drag in his walk, as if all volition had gone out of it, and he were merely obeying a summons. As he reached the low wall, he paused, and a look of aversion came into his eyes. Pouncer was with him, and Pouncer, too, appeared to feel his master's depression. A heaviness of autumn was over them, and in the gray, stagnant air each sound, the rattle of a passing cart, the cry of a boy driving sheep, dropped like a stone into a pond became lost in the silence, which spread over it again, sending only a faint ripple out to some eternal shore. He looked at the reddening blackberry leaves. He stroked them softly, and, had anyone been there to see it, there must have seemed something peculiarly pathetic in that simple action. Then, in the distance, he heard the hoot of an approaching motor. It told him that the doctor was coming, and for some obscure reason, he was seized by a desire to hide. He climbed the wall and crouched down below it on the other side, holding Pouncer close to him till the car had passed. Then he wondered why he had hidden. He did not know why. Only from day to day the instinct was growing stronger and stronger within him to hide from everything. The passing of the doctor reminded him of the drive they had taken together and of the promise he had then made to go see the bats. He had not kept his promise. He had not been able to keep it, for it seemed to require an almost impossible effort of will now to do even the simplest things. At length he conquered his listlessness and climbed back into the road. He actually ran for a little way, trying to get out of sight of the churchyard as quickly as possible, as if he feared to walk on and on, as he sometimes did in a nightmare, and still find it close beside him. Even Pouncer appeared to be affected by the same idea, for he raced ahead, barking and puffing, spreading out his legs in a clumsy gallop. Gradually, Griff's feet began to move more slowly, and at last he came to a complete standstill in the middle of the road. Pouncer looked back at him anxiously, still keeping a little in front, but the boy remained motionless, his eyes half shut. He wanted to go on, yet something called him back. In a vague way, he realized that he had reached a sort of crisis, and that defeat, should it occur again, would this time be permanent. He felt Pouncer beside him, licking his hand. He moved on blindly. A dead stillness seemed to have fallen over everything, and the very air appeared to push him back, to bar his progress, to be like the dense and clinging weeds which thicken a stagnant pool. He stumbled on, 
and presently the old garden wall rose before him, and with that his pace quickened. He reached the gate and pushed it open. He found Captain Narcissus at work, clipping one of the box trees, which was cut into the shape of a bird. But Griff did not stay long with him, for the captain told him to run on in and see Miss Nancy. Leaving Pouncer outside, he entered the house, and there a servant told him that Miss Nancy was up in her own room. He went upstairs, and as he pushed open the door, he saw her seated near the window, hemming curtains. But as soon as he entered, she put down her work and caught him in her arms. She did not ask him why he had not come to them for so long. She did not ask about his illness, though she was shocked at the change in his appearance. She simply accepted him as he was. After a little, she took up her work again, and Griff, sitting on a stool at her feet, leaned against her knee, and presently, of his own accord, he told her why he had not been, or tried to tell her, for his chief explanation was that something had prevented him from coming. I have not been very well, he said, but you must get quite strong before you go home. Miss Nancy smiled. She looked down at him as he sat gazing far away out of the window, and a dimness rose in her eyes as she stroked his hair. Yes, I think, I think I could get well here. The dreamy words seemed to her to have a strange meaning, and she bent a little lower. What is it, Griff? she asked gently. Won't you tell me what it is? He tried to tell her, but the story, which had never passed his lips till then, seemed loath to pass them now. She listened, but it was not at once that she understood the meaning of his words. When it did come to her, it came all in a single illuminating flash, and she saw it all from the beginning. She saw it, and she saw its horror. And what made its horror was that he himself did not, or could not, perceive it in the light of delusion. She felt an infinite compassion for him. But she said nothing, letting him finish out his tale to the end. His head leaned against her lap, and his eyes were nearly closed. She held his hand in hers. His brown, thin hand, which seemed dry and fragile as a winter leaf. But that was not Billy, she said to him in a low voice. He was not like that. He never could be like that. It is some cruel falsehood which has been dropped into your mind and grown up there. Come with me to Billy's room now, and I will show you his things and tell you about him. She got up and, holding Griff's hand, took him into a bright, still room overlooking the garden. A robin was chirping on the windowsill, but he did not fly away when they entered. See, these are his toys, she said. He was just an ordinary boy. This is his stamp book. This is the museum he made with things his grandfather gave him. These are his soldiers, and this is the boat he used to sail on the pond and on the river. These are his skates, and these are his books. I expect you have read most of them. Huckleberry Finn, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, The Young Fur Traders, Nat, the Naturalist, and this is his picture hanging on the wall. Griff looked at the laughing Mary face, and... As he did so, something which had been coiled about his mind ever since the afternoon before his illness seemed to drop away. It was as if a window had been opened into his soul. 
letting in the fresh, clean air and the sunshine, letting in the song of the robin and the blue sky and the wind. He shuddered for a moment, as a kind of ecstasy of relief swept up through him. He gave a little sharp cry as he buried his face against Miss Nancy. I know now, I know now, he whispered. It is all different. The rapture of freedom, of happiness, seemed to beat upon his heart, and he sobbed with the joy of its healing, cleansing waves, which rushed over him and through him. He had turned very white, and Miss Nancy, leading him to the big rocking chair by the window seat, sat down there and drew him to her. He was so light that she scarcely felt his weight as she held him in her arms, held him closely, his dark head pillowed on her breast. The white face sank lower on her shoulder, and in a little while he became very quiet, so that she knew, looking down at his shut eyes, that he had fallen asleep. He will get well now, she whispered to herself. He is well already, and her lips moved in a silent prayer. When he wakens up, he will be happy. All this will have passed from him, and he will be well and strong. Outside, the robin continued to sing, and a low, sweet humming noise told her that Captain Narcissus had begun to cut the grass. The sound of the lawnmower rose, monotonous and pleasant, a pleasant, soothing music, which seemed to bring back the spirit of the dying summer. She sat on, listening to it, and thinking of the boy lying so quietly in her arms. At last the noise ceased, and she guessed that the captain was coming indoors. Probably it was nearly lunchtime. Shall we go downstairs? Miss Nancy whispered. For Griff was sleeping now so lightly that she could not hear his breathing, could not even hear it when she bent her head till her lips touched his hair. But Griff slept on. End of section 24. Read by Moon Lilith. End of the Spring Song by Forrest Reed.